if it gets to me, there's definitely other people who it gets to. So use yourself as an individual, as a human, to see how it works on you. If it works on you, there's bound to be someone else who it works on. So I think there's potential to tap into there. <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to the second half of the year on Social Convos. We're on episode 27 now, and it's time for us to reevaluate what we've been doing. I'm your host, Diego, and I'm here with Sean Luke. Welcome, guys. Sean Luke, how's it going? I'm just loving it. Like right on the dot, nine o'clock. It's Gregory jumps in and goes, Where are my boys at? <laughs> we're right here. We're right here. <laughs> So yes, how I'm, I'm actually doing quite well. I'm happy. I'm just thinking, contemplating how the first half of 2021 went. And there's a lot to talk about that isn't related to a guest or guest related. Thanks for joining us on YouTube. So I guess let's get straight into it, Sean. Look, 2021. So, so basically, we have four topics or five topics. You put in an extra topic. So things that we're going to talk about today are what has 2021 taught us so far? Then what are the challenges that we're facing with social convos and how are we actually overcoming them? Which you will do a deep dive into podcasting and podcasting in general. Then we go into tips for everyone who's starting a podcast and what we're going to do different the second part of 2021. So you wanted me to start? What have we learned so far? Kick it off. <laughs> well, the thing that I learned is I do need to start separating different interests. I'm thinking people that are watching, especially on Facebook, are getting confused between the entrepreneurial podcasting side and the sports side. Because when we go live, it's either sports or social confos. And I'm going to separate them a little bit uh a little bit more there there's overlap like for instance thanks for joining in rajiv rajiv doesn't mind talking about our national soccer team or football team and also talking about things that we discuss in social convos but i'm fearing that i'm i'm gonna have to decide for a couple of channels to switch it around to say like okay on facebook we're gonna start streaming mainly social convos and on YouTube, we're going to stream the Lucky D show. So that's a big change that we're that, that I'm going to make is to kind of separate my channels. I feel like on Facebook, I want to go more Suriname-centric content. So anything that has to do with Suriname, anything that's positive about our country, just to get people more motivated, get people's hopes up a little bit more. That's something I want to do. And then, and then this show actually is going to be more being promoted on Instagram and LinkedIn. I think I'm going to move social confos more to Instagram and LinkedIn. Of course, it's going to be on Facebook as well, but it's going to be on LinkedIn. And here's the interesting part. I have no, I can't see who the LinkedIn user is, but not you. But I'm guessing. I'm guessing. <laughs> it's Anil. Anil, say yes if it's you. Anil, either Anil or Giano, probably. Gregory wants to know a little bit about the other podcast. So... Basically, social convos is more about social conversations and getting 
thoughts processed and ideas and I it's not ideas worth spreading like that but it's having a casual conversation with people who achieved something or did something interesting and so Lucky D show is just a show with Dion Brunings who is a sports commentator on national television and he's actually the representative of asking the questions during the gold cup currently and we are old beach volleyball partners so we were youth beach volleyball champions back in the day we used to be teammates in regular volleyball as well and we had a love for sports which we continuously were talking about like hey we have to do a sports podcast we do have to do a sports podcast we have to do a sports podcast and now it's basically transformed into this hour to two hour long weekly show which we mainly dive into football quick question so, on that so, so, yeah. uh, on the lucky day show so you and dion started like last year as the podcast format on facebook you guys went live there released episodes on anchor so would you still consider it a podcast at its core no, or has it evolved no. in a full-blown show it's something for point three but maybe let's 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 put it into perspective social convos is a podcast where we allow our listeners to watch the podcast live it's kind of more of a joe rogan kind of vibe to it i mean we're not that famous not that many people watching but the idea is that we have the discussion and people can follow the discussion live, but there's still a podcast element to it. And we actually do get downloads and streams from the website and from Spotify. So that's a little bit different. Dion and I started audio only. We actually released, I think, 10 episodes on Spotify. And those were really kind of scripted shows. We would get start with a song. We would talk about specific topics. We would go into specific sports. And it was really for us to share our sports knowledge, to have the recognition that we know our sports. Because both Dion and I, we've played at least five different sports competitively. So we have kind of a very big array of knowledge on different sports. But in the end, because Nacho Suriname is so popular, we ended up going more for, for football. And it's also the fewers at certain times when you have a couple of hundred viewers coming in from different platforms, they demand kind of where the attention span goes. And they also punish us if we if we disengage too much from, from where they went. We we lose like 50 viewers, like if we touch upon a subject that people can't relate to. So basically we talk a, lo a lot about football, we talk a little bit about basketball, and we talk about tsunami sports. So if the Olympians like Renzo, John Ayu, Jair, John Efa, go, sorry, Opti going to the Olympics, those are kind of topics that they're still interested in. But if it if we start talking about tennis uh, and we want to start talking about Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer and their legacy, it kind of it, it crumbles away. So that's a very interesting kind of dynamic with, with the audience. And that's something I want to do more as well. I feel like we're doing a pretty good job with social confos in, in kind of giving the direction. But still, in some cases, we're kind of like, let's get a, 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 a guest on our show kind of show. And that's, that's not the idea. I think we do also want to talk about certain topics and do deep dives in certain topics. And I do feel that we should also ask our viewers and maybe do next week do a show which is completely based on questions from people that tune in weekly so that's kind of that's kind of the the balance right now trying to figure out what works more or something we also noticed is if we have guests from outside of, of Suriname it, it's it gets a different vibe 
before the show was starting, I was thinking like, there are a couple of fun episodes, which were really episodes with Surinamese people. And even if we talk in Dutch, it, it still had a different vibe than when we have an international guest in. Definitely, definitely. But before we go deeper into that, yeah, so rounding off the 2020-2021 teachings, what we've learned so far, did you have anything to add or you want me to take over here? Yeah, no, for me, it's just niching out, like saying like, okay, this is what we want to focus on. This is what is going to be important. This is going to work. I might even start streaming on, on different platforms and focus completely on LinkedIn instead of also posting on Facebook. I really, I haven't considered which is the direction to go to. I, I've, I'm really not figuring it out. Also, the, the LinkedIn statistics don't show. So I can't actually see how many people are watching it from LinkedIn. Afterwards, I can see the views, of course, which kind of shows that people did tune in. But as we're doing the show, the counter for, for StreamYard doesn't actually show how many people are watching on LinkedIn. Gotcha. Before we go into your question, Gergi, let me round this point off. So from my side, I've been, yeah, what I've learned, I've basically learned how to set up a whole podcasting platform <laughs> <laughs> from scratch. But given that, experience and yeah that knowledge we started last year as you know sporadically recording episodes every few weeks and then releasing it that's where i started experimenting but when we had our call like at the end of the year oriari told you i was back that's where i really hit the switch like okay let's just look at this more seriously branch out the other shows give them a separate show not make it all convos put up the website it has been a learning journey and my approach has mainly been, I have not been so data centric from the beginning. And I think that that helped as in just focusing on the creation process on the content helped me not get demotivated at looking at the low non-existing numbers in the beginning. <laughs> so that, that, that's kind of we'll probably go into the tips later but that's kind of one thing i learned like really focus in an understanding how the format works and what really works what can consider be considered a podcast and the other thing so you have distribution creation and also the post-production and what i've learned from the post-production process actually that has helped me take in and synthesize information I'd say more efficiently or more frequently. I can now easily listen to any media at 1.5 speed, be it a YouTube video or an audio <laughs> podcast. I can is that a good easily... thing though? Is, yeah. that, is that a good thing or are we talking too slow? Should we speed up ourselves? Like should, should, should shows be more fast-paced? You know, it, it saves me time in, you know, doing research, you know, reading and et cetera. And one thing that triggered me to do that really during the fellowship she's actually in my mastermind group i had a woman from australia she's an audiologist and she actually told me you can train yourself to read listen and you know take in information faster and when she told me that i constantly started paying attention to how i did the editing and over a few months i slowly ramped it up and now it's like i can't listen or edit slower anymore so it's kind of weird, but again, it's, it's, it's this, a skill. I'm, I'm, I'm prof yeah, of course. I mean, it's good. It's efficient. But, and again, doesn't it kind of, this is, this is really a problem in society we have now. Everything's so fast-paced. I mean, I did a lecture 
this Monday, I did a lecture on, on social media and online marketing. And we talked about the fact that a goldfish has uh, an attention span of eight seconds and the humans have an attention span of seven seconds. So it, it kind of is, is like the long form kind of only works if something is hype. That's why some of the more successful shows kind of they focus on getting guests in that will get the views in because at a certain point it's all about and it's interesting that you said that it isn't about the numbers but it's actually about the value of the content which is a really really good thing to to take in consideration but then on the other hand you do need the, the fast pace the adrenaline rush the hype to actually get enough viewers in to make it worthwhile because otherwise you're in the end you're also with like i have to do something because nobody's yeah. watching it's, it's it's a balancing game and i think that kind of kept me going from my side just because there was so much to learn and I didn't have to pay much attention. Okay, now everything is set with stats. We start looking now and then how do we go? I sometimes send you the stats, but that that's still on the lower priority for me at least. But it just does go to show that if you project it on, you know, a six month timeline, that there is a consistent growth there's some dips every now and then but if you span it out it's like the you know the smp 500 it keeps going up yeah so because i don't actually have that much insight in especially the downloads and people actually listening to the podcast so that does interest me because if people miss the show they listen to it i'm also interested if we have recurring listeners outside of Suriname, like non-surinamese people outside of Suriname who kind of join tune into the, in the podcast so if you do Please do reach out because I'm I'm really curious. I, th- and I think that's just, yeah, yeah, that's a good transition to the second point. One of the challenges that we're facing is getting that feedback. I I've been, you know, trying to implement the newsletter thing, but I've implemented it, but I have no strategy yet in mind. And this is where I, I'd like to, you know, brainstorm with you guys on how to we can actually tap into that and get more feedback and more tangible feedback from people. What, what do you think on that? So here's another thing. Like like I said, I'm kind of trying to figure out which platform mixes with which platform. And I'm really feeling like my Facebook page is completely over. Saturated. Yeah, it's it's also, there's so much different things going on on it that people are really confused. Like it's it's not, it's not working. So uh, my, my gut feeling... Yeah, not based yeah. on the research, at least my gut feeling is telling me that we should pay more attention to LinkedIn and yeah, maybe definitely. even Twitch, but LinkedIn, LinkedIn as a top priority. That's my gut feeling for now. I think that's, that's the best. I'm also interested in, in putting the recaps videos on, on Instagram because I do feel they do quite well. And if it's solely that kind of content on LinkedIn, on, on Instagram, it will also work. Like if it's all over the place, it won't work. So basically it's going to be, Facebook is going to be different from Instagram. Instagram and LinkedIn are going to be similar. Similar Facebook and YouTube will have some kind of connection, but YouTube will be way more sports oriented. And then TikTok is more for the fun stuff. So it's kind of, kind of being balanced out and decided because the traditional model, and that's of course the, the Gary V model was very, you put in the pillar content and you start micro contenting all out of it. And yes, it's something you can do, but I think it would I, work. I think there's a caveat in that model is, you know, master one first to the yes. team. Yes. 
master one first to the T and then trickle down to the other platforms. Yes. I think that's the caveat. And that for me is so boring. It is because the, the thing about doing multiple things is it allows you to switch at certain times. And yes, it confuses people, but you have the freedom to switch. If you're like really into something, like you have one kind of niche and you just triple down on it and you have like 100,000 followers at a certain point and you want to abandon that, like you're like, okay, this doesn't interest me anymore. I'm going to do something completely different. It's like you lose everything. The momentum is like completely, completely gone. So, yeah. So I'm I'm more looking towards like, okay, what what can I do on what platform that makes that makes a lot of sense, and also accepting that, like accepting like, okay, yeah, it's fun that you're going live on Facebook, but should you go live on Facebook with this show? Because the audience actually is more interested in seeing a photo of you supporting your nation and that's what attracts a lot of attention and that's what the facebook algorithm picks up mm -hmm. so so that's also something like i'm gonna give a, a short example to explain to people what what i mean i think last year somewhere around last year i started putting posts on facebook with a lot of text just these were just posts where i was kind of projecting thoughts and putting thoughts on paper yeah, I remember them. It's a whole blog post, basically. I, I remember some of them. Yeah, and those posts were continuously growing, 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 growing. And all of those posts, these were all text posts. No visuals, no video, nothing, just text posts. And they would just subsequently go over 100 reactions, like all of those posts. But at a certain point, there was kind of becoming this pressure to continue posting that every day, which is not why I'm on social media, why I use social media. It was kind of this pressure, like, if I don't post a similar post to this, then the momentum is going to go away, the hype is going to go away. And it, it kind of took over me. Let's go quick through the comments, yeah? Uh, yeah, I do want to do quick look because we have a locals, uh, we have a streamer who actually jumped in to talk a little bit as well. I think you can use all platforms that benefit you as long as you have a strategy with a goal. It's also true. It's also true. And yeah, you have a stream going, so maybe we should check out your stream as well. And, on Twitch, so if you're uh, if you're interested, make sure to uh, to check it out. And yeah, and to go back, last comment uh, since we transition to this next point, I think uh, Gregory's question here ties into this nicely. Why the conscious decision to explain the thought process and struggles to the audience? Why take the audience on this journey? Basically, what we're doing now. Do you want to start off? My, I, I think it, it comes down to. The whole documentation thing, the whole, if you go back to Gary Vee, document, don't create, but also to show that it isn't all, you know, rainbows and unicorns once the end product is out there. It gives a sense of relatability and kind of association. And yeah, Greg, you are another co-host on another show, but that doesn't give away that you don't have input on this show either. And it's also a way for us to commit to releasing something every week. And it's good to break that rhythm every now and then. Otherwise, you get some kind of like tunnel vision. A few months ago, I, I was in this moment like, we got to get a guest, we got to get a guest, we got to get a guest. <laughs> Instead of looking at, okay, how can we frame this so that the topics are thematically, it makes sense. Or where do we want to go? Where do our personal interests go? 
So with that, you know, back and forth, it, it kind of helps bring perspective again on where we are now and kind of a self-reflection in that sense. But that's a good so, question. That's a good question. That's why I think it's, it's important to take the audience on this journey, even if we, I, at least I suspect that no one even shows up, it's out there. And you showed up. Some people on Twitch showed up. Some people on LinkedIn showed up. So there we go. So Diego, now we do have to ask the question, why? Why do we need to have guests every week? So what's, what's the, the, the psychology behind that? So if you look at the podcasting format, there's two main formats that are popular. So you got the, the, the interview style where you get an expert or someone you know, to, to guest on the show, either to have a certain expertise but also to that has a maybe a overlapping audience with the common interest and just to share perspectives on a certain topic or something else. So one one big reason is you know it helps with distribution as well. Because if you have a guest on they their extended network, their extended channels have a chance to get exposed to our content as well. Secondly, I think guests come in tiers as well, you know, high tier, mid tier, and, you know, lower tier guests. And I think that helps with kind of leverage. If you have someone like a Gary Fee on your show, it, it boosts the show tremendously and it gives you some exposure and leverage to go sponsorship, depending on where you want to go. But on the other hand, if we don't have guests, then you're more focused on content, maybe individual, individual thoughts, monologuing. But that, even that format can be split into uh, more categories. You have storytelling podcasts. Okay. So there's different formats. Okay, but that's, that's from a fairy. So now you're getting into the difference between a podcast and a live show. When the focus is on a well, podcast. No, no, because this is interesting. I'm, I'm going to tell you why this is an interesting part. If we're like totally, uh, if we're not totally, if, if we're focusing, focusing on the live show, it's important that there are actually a lot of viewers and the people are showing up and viewing. And like, there are a lot of questions being asked in the chat right now, but we don't always go into the questions. Whereas with the Lucky D show, kind of the big gimmick on the show is that people that watch the show get to have their input projected on the screen. So I think that's a very big difference. And then when you look at from a podcasting perspective, it's not about getting the ratings up straight away, but rather putting out evergreen quality content that when people listen to it in, in 10 years' time, it still makes sense and still like, hey, this is valuable or relatable, like you just said. So that's that's a very interesting thought process because if we wanted to get like the views up and get a hundred or a couple of hundred viewers every week we would have to dive deep into what's currently hot, what's popular, what's hype at the moment, and kind of build kind of the show, the social convos around the topics that are hot. And there is actually a show in Suriname that kind of does that, kind of always getting the guests in that are popular at that particular moment in time. And the content is still evergreen. But the idea behind the, the, the podcast model where people listen to it afterwards is that it has to be evergreen. You have to be able to listen to it now and able to listen to it three years from now. And then it doesn't matter if the topic is hot at that particular moment. It's a topic which remains interesting or inspiring throughout the years. So I think that's something that 
I didn't take into consideration when we started this process. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And to add to that, I, I'm glad you mentioned the evergreen content. It's uh, content that can be listened to irrespective of when you listen to it. And one thing I'd like to add from my previous point on why we get guests on is for the be in the beginning, at least for me, the, the points I mentioned before were like kind of tactics to grow. But the, the core reason was I genuinely want to talk to certain types of people in certain industries just to get insights. That's just a personal curiosity. Tap into that network, tap into that knowledge. And this is, uh, Gregory said it a few weeks ago, but that's one of the potentials using this platform as a means to get a 30 minutes or an hour with such an individual and just talk whatever on a certain topic, on a certain expertise and, you know, just spar, exchange thoughts, exchange knowledge. And Carter comments here on YouTube, if you only use guests to reach a certain level, it feels like you don't believe in yourself enough to bring in an audience. And that is a very, very valid point. It's valid. It's definitely valid. Yeah. And like I said, uh, it is tactics that you can use, but it is not the core tactic that we started off with, but we keep it in mind, keep it in our backlog, what the potential could be. But the main reason to come back to your original question, Sean, look, why we even had guests, that is, was the reason that, you know, we generally are interested in some of these people's stories and their backgrounds as well. Yeah. And, and the guesting, the guest, the guesting is really difficult though. Uh, I quickly want to, before we take Anil's question, I quickly want to jump into that because I do have something to celebrate. Not only a half a year of social convos, but Hive Chat uh, started a year ago. So for the past year, for the past 52 weeks, every week on Tuesday, we have a Twitter chat on, uh, a, a tweet chat on Twitter, which is Hive related, one of the blockchains, a social blockchain or social ecosystem, I should say, on blockchain technology. And basically what we did there, we have rotating hosts. So we try to find a different host every week. And I mean, I'm getting help from Tracy, who is actually, in, I think, in New York. She's in the U.S. And basically she, she gets most of the guests for the, for the weekly session. And it's a hassle. It's, I mean, it's a full-time job. It's like you have to put somebody out there that's willing to stalk people and talk to people and convince people to get on the show and to be a host. And it's, I mean, that's why I think we, tr for me personally, let's speak for me personally. I try to hack the system. I try to hack the system by saying like, Hey, we're going digital now. We don't have to drive to a studio. We don't have to do all the preparation work that usually goes in to a normal studio production. And I can do this from my own home and I can sit here on the couch and I can run a show every uh, Tuesday night or every Thursday night. And at a certain point, you come to a point that even though you've simplified and hacked one part of, of, of what you're doing, you can simplify everything. Because if you want to do this correctly, if you're, you're at a certain point, your, your budget is going to go up because you do want somebody who is a director, somebody, something we haven't done today is like switch around and, and, myself in the forefront when I'm talking like this or even going full screen like that or, or bringing it back like this. It's, it's something that somebody specifically has to be in control and has to have the controls kind of doing the direction of, 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 of the video when you're live. 
And when you're a guest, you don't really have time. I mean, you do it sometimes. We do it when we have a guest in and we pop the guest up to make it bigger because we can take a nugget out of it and put that on YouTube as a separate video. But the scripting, the camera, the, the post audio, I mean, these are all things that most of the things you are doing behind the scenes to get it in for the podcast, but it's also something that we have to do for distribution. And then you have to decide, and this is a very confronting thing, which I didn't think about enough when we started. I have to make a very effective decision. So really this idea like, okay, I have to take away my spare time and focus on making this a success. So the one of the things that I really have to do is at lunch, instead of going to YouTube and when I eat alone, watch YouTube videos when I'm actually having my lunch, instead of that, I'm actually having to look at my own content to find the best pieces out of that content, to kind of make micro content out of it and to redistribute as well. And that's very, it's very, yeah, it's very difficult. It's, it's a lot. It, it, it's a lot of things that you got to juggle. It's deciding, combining, and compressing it in that it's insightful within the least amount of words or least amount of minutes for it to be valuable in this fast-paced consumption world. Yeah, and it's challenging. And then you go like one hour long format going through that. And I, I've kind of found a, a hack on that. But yeah, so I, I, I am preempting now in the post-production for written format as well. You guys are, will see it or not, Ooh. who knows. But okay. I'm, I'm doing prep work for those types of things behind the scene that's within the process of the post-production already. So that doesn't take extra time. But when I go back, I can easily see, oh, this part, this part, that part. So that's thing. there are things I'm taking into consideration, yeah. But yeah, to go to Anil's question real quick here from LinkedIn, what about the full audio platforms like Clubhouse? So you mentioned Twitter Spaces right before we went on. What's our take on that? So it, it depends. It, it, it really depends on who you are, where you are, and what you want to achieve with it. I literally, since Clubhouse was on Android, I literally opened it once. Carter invited me. I had one chat with him in a private room, and that was the only time I opened it, and I never opened it again. There was a hype in January, February around Clubhouse on, you know, this exclusivity. And you had a lot of first movers, big people who are on the platform, but also the first movers, people who are actually leveraging that to get into this inner circle of people. And they've, they've got the good value out of it. But now as the space becomes more open, Android's, you know, open it up, there's an influx of new users and it gets modeled really quickly to find these communities. Those back then have found, you know, certain circles already established, you know, speakers, hosts, weekly topics, etc. And to weed out all that, the quality within that gets hard again. And my, my second take on platforms like Clubhouse, they're not on demand, they're live. So you need to allocate a certain amount of hours or time if you want to listen into a, a certain person or whatever. So basically you're going back to radio, but only in a more communal setting. Yeah, so that, 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 that's what you got to take into consideration. If you're one of those that you know can go daily, weekly on it and find those channels, have already made relations with certain people, then great. Uh, if you can make it work for you, do it. But I think personally for me, it, it's not my style. It's not something 
I, you know, invest a lot of time in that I'd see a net positive return in the short to long term, unless I really, really invest a lot of time on that. Same thing goes for spaces, but yeah, spaces coming up. I don't know what that will mean for Clubhouse. I don't even know if Clubhouse will get acquired, but there's a lot of things playing there. That's kind of my quick two cents on that. No, you've basically touched all the points already, Diego. So for me, the biggest discussion I had on Clubhouse with people that were like, why aren't you on Clubhouse? You should be on Clubhouse. It's like, I'm I'm already pressed for time. So, so either it's going to be this great opportunity for me as a creator, or it's going to be something that I don't have yet as a consumer. So basically, I always think of platforms two-sided. How much time am I going to use to consume? How much time am I going to use to actually create? On, on Facebook, and, and this is hard because also one of the things that I'm, I've, I've felt and I do feel it is I want to engage more, but engaging takes a lot of time, really, really a lot of time. For instance, many years, I think for three straight years in October, I deleted all my WhatsApp groups. I just decided I'm not going to do any more WhatsApp groups until the new year because I really have to focus. And WhatsApp kind of, it's it's a time sink. Like, especially when you get into discussions or fun discussions with friends and, and relatives, it's it's just this place where you, you lose two hours on WhatsApp without even realizing where that time went. So I really don't need another space where I consume content and am actually a user. So that's why Clubhouse was out for me. And then the idea was like, but you get to meet all these people. And I was like, yeah, but I can't find those people already. I know where all the free content of the world is. There is no content that I need that I have to pay for. All the content that I want to find on any topic, even the high, high quality content is already available for free. Okay, yes, in some cases I have to listen to a webinar for over half an hour and then the second half of the hour of the webinar is basically a sales pitch and I can drop out, but then I already have the information that I need. Yeah, and that's the fine line where it comes to, you know, consuming and transforming it into execution that you you actually take in and use. And then when you go to the creator side of it, it's like you're going to have to learn a new platform. You're going to have to learn how it works. Like, for instance, TikTok, the difference between uh, Clubhouse and TikTok TikTok from a from a creator's perspective on Clubhouse, all these people are like, "Well, this is audio easy. It's audio. I can make audio. I can kind of start my own room. I can be a thought leader." And then you have kind of this big competition on where the attention is going. Pseudo thought leaders. Pseudo thought leaders. <laughs> Thanks for correcting me. But then when you look at TikTok, the reason TikTok works so great is there are a lot of people on TikTok who just want to consume content. There are a lot of people on TikTok that don't have the idea like they have to create videos or they do, but they're just in the early phase. So they don't really succeed in doing it, which makes them consumers again. So the, the content creation consumer ratio in TikTok is awesome. So if you would just put out a TikTok every day for a year and you're already kind of a creator who kind of knows how to create concepts, I mean, it's so easy to grow. I mean, even the Kadid Lame, like who kind of blew up on TikTok with the the funny saying like you can do it this easy and he's kind of mocking like these fake do-it-yourself things. I mean, just how easy he grew on TikTok because it's it's fun, it's plain and simple, 
And I mentioned this in a talk a couple of weeks ago as well. In the end, we're on social media to escape from our regular life. So if content is, is not something that you find relaxing and that you're like, okay, I finally have some time for myself and you're going and you're watching or listening to content and the content is kind of not provoking you or not inspiring you or not funny or not engaging or entertaining, people zone out because, yeah, they're, for, they're still here for their fun. So I think that also plays an important role. And that's also a difference, again, between doing a life, which is clubhouse, it's, it's a life thing, compared to like searching for something when you're in need of that kind of content. I guess that brings us to our next section. And I want to quickly talk about, you know, since we started, basically since last year, but since we started this year, seriously, the state of podcasting here locally in Suriname, how do you see the space now? Has it changed at all? Do you see any, you know, new creators, new podcasters on the rise? I, I've seen some activity here and there, but I'm curious to what your observations have been on the current state of uh, the podcast in general here. It's, it's, it's difficult. I really don't understand because I know quite a lot of creators, Surinamese creators, and there are a couple of creators who have already big, like huge audiences. We're talking about tens of thousands of followers. And I'm pretty sure if they start a podcast, it's going to blow up. It's just really, really going to blow up. But for some reason, it's not. we're not used to the audio format kind of yet. We're not used to this kind of vibe. I mean, the, the, the space that it's coming from is traditional media production houses jumping in and the newer forms of, of TV shows. That's kind of the direction where we're getting the most influx in. But like people that have actually a big following, I love the fact, I really love the fact that Dave Fanada is starting the Dave podcast. I think that's going to, it's going to be highly, very, very successful, which is interesting because he already had like a television show with kind of a similar vibe to it. And the thing that strengthens this kind of type of concept that we use is this show or social confos is kind of, COVID, COVID safe. There's not really that much that can go wrong. The only thing, knock on wood, the only thing that can really go wrong is the internet connection. Aside from that, there are no logistical issues. Yeah, we just flip on a switch. Flip. We flip on a switch and we go. And then you get to the post-production. Like, and that's why I do the lives as well. Because if it's live, the content's there. If it's good, it's good. If it sucks, it sucks. It's terrible. Nobody watches it again. If it's good, you can still crop out the best parts and reuse that content even years later. And it's also the negative experiences I had with studio shows. So in 2020, I had two big productions, studio productions, even though they weren't necessarily in the studio, two television productions that I spent at least half a day on that never aired that kind of goes to waste so that that kind of hurts so like there's even a there is a, a Surinamese talk show no joke there's a Surinamese talk show that I was going to be a part of I was going to be a co-host of that show and in the end something went wrong with a communication towards me and at a certain point they called me up and they were like we're shooting tomorrow can you be here and I was like listen I'm in Miami I'm at the airport I asked you for weeks to contact me. You didn't. 
I'm not going to be there tomorrow. I'm going to be with my family. And basically, they decided then to find another co-host. And that show, they, they taped a complete season of that show with guests, with everything. The show never aired online. It, it never aired. And that's this really kind of, it's, it's kind of this insane thing. I want to make a quick distinction here. So if we're talking about show and podcast, that there, we're, we're using it interchangeably no, but it, now for, in a sense. Yeah. But that there is a distinction. And for me, that is, you know, a, a podcast is just a means of distribution. That is the core definition for me as a podcast. It can be a show, it can be a story, whatever. It's just a means of distribution. And that's one thing I wanted to make clear uh, mentioning this. And yes, yeah, as you mentioned, there, there's these people with a uh, big following. And I don't know Dave uh, quite well, but I've seen uh, some feeds go by. And they, they've got a whole set, a whole studio with video, lights, recording. And there's a lot of logistics and production behind that. But in the end... I won't call it a podcast if it doesn't get distributed the way a podcast is distributed. No, but, but here's the thing. With, with people like Dave, I'm not worried about the distribution because he has already has such a big following that he's going to get the amount of people that he needs to get to, to view his content. So that's the funny thing that he doesn't. And the topics that he takes out, he also takes people that have a very clear opinion. So it's going to be thought-provoking. And that's the kind of person he is. Dave, I know Dave as somebody who is very, he's very direct. He tells you the way it is. He's very street smart. So he can tell you things that people, like in, in Dutch, you would say you can, he can, he can move the needle and find the information that he needs to make it interesting. So I'm not worried for distribution for, for, for someone like Dave. In the end, it's going to be like, how long do you want to do this? Is this something that you want to continually and gradually continue to do. And and I mean, when we started with Social Convos, there were other podcasts going, and I'm not sure where those podcasts are anymore, just because the logistics of, and that's the difference, you're, you're making the distinction between a podcast and a show, but just the logistics of getting the content out and getting content out on a regular basis, it's kind of like a, a YouTuber, like a vlogger, like people don't really understand how hard it's to put out a hundred vlogs. Like, I don't know the exact statistics, but I'm pretty sure ninety percent of people that start out vlogging never reach their hundred mm -hmm. vlog. And I, I think it's with anything with creation, it, it, it's hard to, to to stay consistent. Be it you know a TV video production, vlog, written content, spoken content, audio content. It falls in the same category of creation. But yeah, I, I'm glad we mentioned that, you know, that distinction between shows and podcasts. And I do hope that, uh, you know, Dave's podcast kicks off because this is all, this will only be better for the whole space as a, as a medium, as a platform. If more people are starting to adopt this format on Spotify, Spotify has been here since March. If more people are becoming aware of, oh, this type of format is on Spotify, the better for us, the more it helps us reach more people as well. And then, and then I want to talk about the, the, the next thing surrounding this uh, specific, specific state of podcasting. We deliberately decided to go in, you know, uh, to do it in English. And I'm happy that, you know, Rahim, 
who had who he had on in episode two, I think. His show is predominantly in Dutch, and he there's some overlaps in the topics we cover. But I'm glad he he clearly defined it. You know, he's going to do it in Dutch. His website is in Dutch. All the content he posts is in Dutch. There's a clear focus on his audience there, and I'm happy for that as well. But then here comes the question: When you start to mix it up, that that shows me that you 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 don't have a clear direction that you want to go with it so thoughts on that on the language barrier and also mixing it up and this is a very difficult part for me because like at a, at a certain point the reason why you go into english is to reach a broader audience but also to get your guest a little bit broader like one of the problems that we have with the lucky d show is that we're a dutch show so we now have had some bilingual episodes where we got guests in so we got kieran gorski in from canada who is kind of he was he's kind of doing his his focuses on the national football team of canada we got somebody a journalist from bermuda in so those were kind of episodes that were in english it, it's kind of weird to have like a podcast or an online show where you kind of are bilingual and you go from Dutch to English and back to Dutch. I mean, if you're a big TV show, like in the Netherlands, RTL Boulevard, and then you have somebody <laughs> like Ed Sheeran in the house, yes, of course, you're going to... And then even then they go Dutch, and then when the big guest shows up, whether it's Ed Sheeran or Beyonce, then they go into the, to English. It's still weird. It's, it's still very weird. So we decided to go into English because it gives us a broader scope. The opportunities are much bigger. But then again, it gets hard for the local community to stand behind the production. Just because they speak English quite well doesn't mean that they like to consume content that's in English. They just don't. It's it's okay. You're going to have to accept it. And I experienced this with YouTube. I started vlogging in Dutch, and I was getting a couple of hundred views per vlog. And then I switched to English, and it completely dropped off. And I still have it. If I upload content that's in Dutch, it gets views much easier than I if I upload content in English. But when I was uploading vlogs in English, I was actually getting views, a lot of views from Southeast Asia, which I'm I'm losing now again. So basically, this is kind of what. And then you get to the question: Okay, but what's important to you? Like, who do you want your audience to be? And that's why I'm at a certain point saying, like, I'm going to have to mix it up and look at the different channels and decide per channel what I really want because the audiences are different. And and here's the thing also what kind of keeps me off the international audience a bit. And, of course, this is this perception, but it's the idea that if you really brand an international brand and people want to look you up, you have to have your fun already. It's it's like this psychological mental thing that if you're going like international, you have to have a proper website. Everything has to work, which is complete bogus, of course, because it doesn't really matter. But you do have to keep the engagement going. For me, at least now, the biggest problem is keeping the engagement up. Spending two hours a day on social media just engaging is something that... I feel we should do more. And when I say we should do more, I'm directly looking myself in the mirror. And I think reflecting back to what we said earlier on, you know, when we get the international guests on, it doesn't really reach 
the local audience in the same way that when we have a local guest on as a Surinamese background guest on. So I definitely see the disconnect there in the, in the language. But then again, it isn't the intent I was going with either. I don't need, for me personally, I don't intend to reach a broader audience, but a more focused audience who is willing to take that international step and it's really there. So lower lower numbers, but I think more quality numbers. But there are other avenues and the other avenues are much more sexy. So that's also something to take into consideration. Sometimes there, there are different ways to roam and, and, and people look at the roads and hey, that, that road is paved in gold or it looks at least looks shiny. Let's take that road. And Sorry, but podcasts aren't that sexy. And like we, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to understand when you have somebody who is the actually CEO of Startup Yable and people don't understand like what that position means. And like even our guests, our guests from last week, when I when I go through it and I, and I read about Impeccable and I'm like, whoa, this is really, this is really some high level stuff here. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate with with our local audience because it's it's so far out of of um, context of the and, usual uh, scope. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so far out of the the of the frame of reference that for them it's like okay, this is interesting. It's an entrepreneur. He lives in the states, but there is no connection to the Bay Area or what they are doing. And that's of course there are a couple of people that are listening in and watching now that do know the difference but then we just have to say for ourselves okay we don't mind if it's just 10 people that is the core audience that we're doing this for and for now i think that's that's also enough but then the question becomes where's the return of investment and not the return of investment for us but the return of investment for the listener so the guest so and for the guest and the listener so i think that's something that we should when when we think a little bit of strategy is like how we can improve that because most people that listen to this podcast long enough know that we kind of started off for selfish reasons. And for me, the selfish reason was having content. So now the content's there, but I'm not actually distributing the content. I'm like, these are like nuggets of information and I'm not properly spending the time to to code it in a way that it becomes interesting and distributed for everybody that people can really see what it, the show is about, so or the podcast is about, sorry. Quickly come from Motive on YouTube here. As Jean-Luc said, we have a big influencer with no audio content as podcasts, but if we, they see the value of it, they will explode, especially now we have Spotify and see. I, I want one-on-one correlate that with it will actually explode. As Jean-Luc just said, the format isn't really sexy. It is Kind of non-existent. Yeah, I'm not sure how that will will correlate because you may be big on social Instagram, for example, but that's a different type of audience. Again, there's a different age group, there's a different interest. So translating that exact audience to another medium, it doesn't translate one to one. Even translating a podcast to a newsletter doesn't. We don't know. I've actually heard this from, you know, bigger influential individuals who have newsletters, who started a podcast. There is no, one main no, channel. No, but the audience is different. The audience is yeah, different. So, the audience so is let's, different. Let's, 
let's but let's go to the audience that does go cross media, the the really loyal audience. So before we discuss social convos, the 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 concept that I had in mind was interviewing like influencers, Surinamese influencers. So let's say, for instance, that I would interview Fawi or Kaylee, Marcel Brenberg or Cyrus or Wallace or or Juan Granos, like these guys who have like tens of thousands of followers, and I would reach a hundred, a couple of hundred views every episode. So that's something to take in consideration. But then take into consideration if they would do it. Say, for instance, Fawi would say like, who has like 40,000 subscribers on, on YouTube, he would say like, hey, I'm just going to, people who want more content from me, like how the YouTubers do it in, in the US, people that want more content from me, I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to create a content and I'm going to just call friends of mine, fellow creators, and we're just going to talk for an hour and put that on Spotify. And all of a sudden, he they will realize that they would get a thousand views from it. And all of a sudden, it's going to be this monetization game between, am I actually getting more from 50,000 views on YouTube compared to a thousand streams on Spotify, which is actually providing more revenue. And once that comes into play, then all of a sudden, it does become interesting for them. But there is no push. Currently, there there is just is no push. The only the only people for who the push is really there are, of course, music artists, because music artists have realized that if you get enough streams, you can actually earn quite a lot. So I think that's also the leverage. Like for instance, if you look at Jake Paul or Logan Paul, sorry, with with his podcast and David Dobrik who stopped because of the whole situation that he went through, but these are like people with millions of followers. And the podcast reaches the same amount of people, so or maybe a tenth of those people. So still, if you have a Surinamese creator who's already reaching tens of thousands of fans during his regular or her regular channels, you can imagine that if they would go for a podcast, they will still. I I, I would want to see it actually happen. I I really would, and as you said, maybe yeah. we should wanna get one of them who's more inclined and give them that, that push. Not sure how that's going to work. Yeah, we, then we get to the problem that most of them don't want to speak English. We can get schizo. We can definitely get schizo on, and, as a guest. and But he's not one of those people that will... He's also very conscious about the content he puts out. So it, it, I think that's the thing as well. If it, or Do you want to go viral? Do you want to have a lot of views? Do you want to have a lot of engagement? Do you want to have a lot of hype? Or or you approach it more from, and this is where you get old, you know, that people are like, yeah, but this is old style of creating content. It's this informative, slow paced, whereas what people want is fast paced drama, entertainment. So that's that's a big problem that that you're facing. You're gonna have to decide which moves which. And when you go, both are good, but when you go for it, you have to stick to it and not yeah. do the thing that I'm doing like going all over the place with tens of no, thousands of interest. I definitely get that. And the, the hype train isn't necessarily the direction I would want to go in particular. But if it aligns, then you see that opportunity, definitely. But if I have to draw a parallel and how to, you know, to, to the investing world, it's, it's a long game. And if, if you talk about the compounding effect, especially if you're talking evergreen content, 
and the content being online, a place online, a dedicated website, a dedicated, you know, Apple podcast channel, it gets compounded over time and you'll re- slowly rank up within the algorithm. And that content, you can always repurpose again. So that's the approach I'm seeing to go. If there is a spur viral moment in it, great. It just helps, you know, like how the markets move. Uh, I'm using too many market anal- and analogies yeah. now. Go Not everybody will understand, but I do. I do. I have one question though. It's not always the case. I'm not sure the algorithm picks it up on Facebook. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm not even counting on Facebook at this point. I, I'm. I'm mainly counting on either organic search on Google and not necessarily even Google DuckDuckGo search engine. That's uh, on filter. I'm looking at YouTube being the second largest search engine. So that's why it's good that our content is on YouTube as well. But I want to take it a next step and actually not sure if we should make a second channel or whatnot. I'll go into that in a bit. But these snippets, we've been making audiograms and, you know, short clips. And this is, you have the long format, but then you have the condensed format that you make into a shorter, more high quality, more insights per minute clip episode shorts. And I think that that there is a strength in the new beta version of YouTube shorts in, I see creators already, you know, they have the long form content and they take like 45 seconds, 30 seconds and put it in a short and it shows up and it really gets to people. If it gets to me, there's definitely other people who it gets to. So use yourself as an individual, as a human to see how it works on you. If it works on you, there's bound to be someone else who it works on. So I think there's potential to tap into there. This is a snippet we're going to cut out and put in and see if it works. Sure. (laughs) But yeah, that that was that. So got me off guard there. But yeah, (laughs) we are kind of now distributing through our own personal brands. And this has come up a few times why we don't have a dedicated Facebook page where we don't have an Instagram page. We just have the website and the distribution channels on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, yada, yada, yada. So my stance on that has not changed, but have you any new perspective or observations on that? Wow. So so it's, it's uh, putting me in an awkward position saying that your stance hasn't changed because now if I say my stance hasn't changed, it just feels like I'm repeating what you're saying. So I've just thought, and at a certain point, I was, no, no, at a certain point, I had this I had this discussion with myself three weeks ago, whether or not both the Social Confos and the Lucky D Show should have separate channels, like branded challenge channels just for them. And in the end, it's just going to be more work. And there is a reason why we're not distributing the content enough as much as we should. So I want to go about that first. Like there are a couple of things that I really want to do. And I want to make this commitment because with uh, Tyler, we already made the commitment that I'm going to do virtual drinks and I'm going to reconnect with people. And I'm having my first. Have you started yet? Have you started? I'm just about to say tomorrow morning, I have a virtual drink with, uh, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't call her the founder, but she's the one who started virtual drinks here at, at least at a, a very shout out to Sandrina. Great concept. Yeah, so a shout out to, to Sandrina. 
but she's kind of she's kind of the godmother of the fertile drinks here and she's one who consistently started having fertile drinks with everybody and so tomorrow i have a fertile drink with her which will be my first fertile drink and from there that's where i hope to get the inspiration from to make it something that continuously happens so we do have to do that now what i really want to strongly do is i've just decided to go on gays tv now gays tv is one one of many so many blockchain sites there currently is to upload content and i'm what i'm just gonna do is spell it out for me gays gays g-a-z-e.tv gays tv like gazing yeah and they approached me a while back and even for like they're saying like hey your content would work for for gays and i decided to give it a go but i'm gonna look for all video platforms like all independent video platforms where you can just earn by uploading except for steam of course and i'm just gonna upload the show there because i feel like there's there's one way one place to putting it out more and reaching new people and the other way is to actually taking all the best snippets and doing something with that as well. I'm going to make a commitment for 30 days from the 14th of July to the 14th of August to do it daily. And it's just, I mean, the problem is, is committing two hours a day for it. it. It sounds like, yeah, but that's easy. You can do it in 15 minutes. No, you can't. You really need to block out two hours a day. And I've just decided, I've pushed a couple of things back in my schedule. So I just decided that I will be able to make the time two hours a day to really start distributing content properly. And I do feel that it will make a difference because when I started doing it, I started a month ago trying to do it and went well for two weeks. I really already saw a, a growth happening and then it fell off again. And then you have to start building it all over again. And that's the momentum we're talking about, right? Once you yeah. miss that thick, it's really hard to get that. If you miss one day, it's not a problem. If you miss two days, it's gone. The momentum is gone. It really is gone. It's called the sign. A lot of people refer to it as the sign. You've mentioned method. it a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, James Clear. I mean, you've read the books. I, I, I've read the article, the online articles. So that's the commitment I'm gonna make before before we step over to like okay yeah we have to create separate channels for social confos. I first want to just start promoting the hell out of it and see where we where we strand. And also what's something that I did consider, but I don't know how much of a technical issue that is for you. Getting it separate on Spotify, that was something that I was considering. What do you mean with separate on Spotify? Like right now, the the so the confos is just one block on on Spotify, right? Like all the confos are together as one, not separate for capital or creative or social. So I was wondering how of how much work that would be to get it separate. I'm glad you're asking. I've actually thought about this a lot in the, when we started on how to distribute it. The infrastructure is already there. It's just a flip of a switch if you want to do that. I decided to funnel all of them through one channel first because you know, but yeah. now it's mostly social convos. But once the others start rolling, I do think it will be smart to flip a switch and have a you know uh, distinction between the shows. But the the infrastructure is there. It's something I've thought thoroughly about on how to do that, and I've already put it in place. Okay, okay, that's good to know. That's really good to know.
Okay, so that basically is it for me. I think we kind of discussed everything we needed to discuss during this episode. It was very informative and very useful information, I think. And I'm hoping that people that listen back to this find the same use for it as well. Yeah, definitely. So with that being said, uh, no fancy outro tonight, guys. But no no guests, so but, but, but let's make an effort. We're going to plug ourselves now. So as you know, website's live now. Sign up for the newsletter. You can do that on the website. Still in work in progress. And please, 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 if you guys see something that you'd like to give feedback on, that you'd like to see better, just send the feedback directly to one of us, either social channel works or just to the Convo's email. That's casual at convo's.com, C-A-S-U-A-L at C-O-N-F-O-E-S dot C-O-M. So just email it there. If you prefer to use email, website is online. And this episode will be on the all the podcasting platforms on Saturday. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, yada, yada, yada. You name them all. Or if you use a dedicated <laughs> podcasting player like me, CastBox, put the RSS feed in there. And we also have a Discord that hasn't been used in a while, but join the Discord. It's, you know... Help build the community. So there's the plug. Diego, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you tomorrow, put out a post on your preferred social media channel to say that you're going to do a Ask Me Anything next week and people can send in questions to you. And then when you've done it over there, you do it with your friends through WhatsApp as well. And we try to get about 20 questions in for next week. So we're going to do an AME episode. Hashtag. Two. Actually, two. I'm writing this down now. Yeah. Elaborate on that. What's the intent with that? The intent with that is getting a little bit of background story behind the kind of a little bit about each other because we've worked together with each other for different projects for years now. But I think it's also good to like, and I'm using this, we've dis- discussed this before the show, you want to keep the numbers going. And I'm more like an episodic, periodic person who wants to like innovate and iterate. But I completely agree with keeping the, the numbers running. Don't get me wrong. But I do want to, for the second part of 2021, open up with a little bit more about people getting to know us before we go back into the guests. And also for the people that already kind of know us that have questions that they've always wanted to ask, that they have the opportunity to ask them now. I'm an open book, guys. Kind of, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) All right. Challenge accepted. All right. I think that's a good place to leave it at. So we will see you next week for the Ask Me Anything. So tune in. Share with your friends. Yes. And Anna, and Anna, thank you for joining in. And you should ask questions, some questions to Diego as well. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you're tuning in to this episode afterwards, thank you as well. This was Social Convos for today. We'll be back with a brand new Social Convos next week, Tuesday at 9 o'clock p.m. Thank you and bye-bye.